to another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you, Chris? I am, as always. I'm doing pretty good. Pretty Sweet. good. Got no complaints. Yeah. What about you, Jody? You good? I'm still suffering allergies, but otherwise good. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, first world problems, buddy. It yeah. is. All right. So today we are planning on doing a nice deep end of the swimming pool dive of the API 550A EQ. Yeah. Aren't we? We are. And it's kind of serendipitous that only last week you had a Friday uh, find. Luna. Yeah, of the, the Luna with, with the console of the API. So it's been a lot of API talk, but we actually did have this planned prior to that, but it's just somewhat serendipitous. And also, we talked about the lunchbox thing with yes. um, Ignacio. Uh, a listener request. Yeah, Ignacio. Yep. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. been a lot of API talk, so it's very topical. So let's do this thing, shall we? Right on. Jump in. Go for it. Okay. Let's, as we always do, we'll do a brief history. Mm -hmm. All right. This is a company that was not necessarily out of broadcast, which has been from some of the other deep dives that we've done with, uh, you know, the Poltech and things. This was, you know, for by engineers, essentially, and primarily Saul Walker, who came up with this modular design in the late 60s, 69, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he and started that API company called Automated Processes Incorporated, along with a buddy of his by the name of Lou Lindauer. That's right. We shouldn't forget that. Yes. Um, and uh, it's also doing some more research on this. It's one of those acronyms that Hmm, that's what it stands for, huh? Just like <laughs> right. Pultac or API or something. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, like you said, Automated Processes Incorporated. And they started with this modular design from the get-go, from what I understand. And one of the first ones that they had, one of these modules, was the 500 EQ. Yes. And became very popular, and so were their boards. And one of the first consoles was actually bought by another person that we keep mentioning here was Les Paul. So, what a crazy time it would have been to be alive at that point. I would think so, yeah. And I wonder sometimes, you know, today we tend to bitch and moan about the smallest of pettiness of things <laughs> when it comes to the audio industry, right? My fucking plugin's not working. God damn it, it's supposed to. Yeah, I updated my OS. Why is it not working? So I wonder if in, you know, 20 years or maybe longer, people are going to look back and go, oh, man, at the turn of the century, that had to be, or the millennium, mm. had to be, you know, really, really interesting time to be a recording uh, artist or engineer or any of the above. And it only goes better I from think here. It is. Let's hope so, shall we? Yes. Let's hope so. Uh, Sidestepping there. So that, then the, the 550A came out in 71. And I believe the difference there was just the addition of the op amp that they used to have in, in some of the other modules that they had in their consoles. Okay. That's the one we're going to talk about today. We should probably just briefly mention that there is a 550B. Yes. Which it adds, adds an extra band in the mid-range. Sure does. And what about the 560, Jody? What's that one? Well, the 550, as it mm -hmm. stands, is known as a parametric EQ. 
The 560, on the other hand, is a 10-band graphic EQ. And I don't mean that it's like running around naked with its top off. It's just an entirely different style of EQ. But we're talking about yeah. 550 right now, so let's get back right. to our parametric but selves. Should we go over – I know we've talked about that in podcasts about EQ, but should we do a quick – Recap of the differences between parametric and graphic. Well, jump on it. Tell us. The simple difference is that in a graphic EQ, you have a set band. There's no way of controlling that. You can only boost or attenuate that band. Right. With a parametric EQ, you can adjust the frequency as well as you know boost or attenuate. So, so that's the main difference. But obviously, very musical ones, and we're talking about. The 550A today as well. So right. we should mention that today the, the company is run by Larry Droppa. So yes. they're obviously still very active today. And also from a little bit of a historic note here, they are responsible for the lunchbox design that we also talked about a couple of episodes ago where you can put all of these modules in whether smaller, sort of like lunchbox units or just 19-inch rack units and, and kind of build up your own stuff just from that modular design. So so it's a really, really cool thing. Yes. That we, we owe a lot to that as opposed to I think so. having all that. And yeah. they even they, they also have a very fun booth at NAM when you want to get yes. out on things. So they showcase all their stuff. So if you are a NAM goer, you've probably seen the API booth. And who doesn't want to nerd out at NAM? Right, that's, that's why we go. That's the whole point of going. It's nerding yeah. out. It's like being in a giant guitar center on steroids just for musicians and recording engineers and anybody in the music business. So, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. Who currently makes the API 550? Well, API, obviously still around. So you they're think? the ones making it. I would assume that because they're still around, there are limitations to how close of uh, reproduction of this that you can actually make. Not that you can't make other EQs, but there are companies, like we mentioned before, again, uh, with these deep Stam Audio, yes. they have a 19-inch rack version of this that has fewer frequency bands on each. That doesn't make any kind of sense. They I believe fewer, it's the fewer frequency, frequency band adjustments on the high and the low. Actually, I think it's even on the third one, but it has fewer frequency options on each band. How oh. about that? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. There are versions, obviously. Obviously, we're swimming in software versions as well. Um, you know, Your favorite UA company guy. makes one, but they don't call it the API 550. What do they call it in the Slate system? The A-American. The A-American. It's just the FGA. It's just the FGA EQ. But it is, it is obviously that. And it's... A little bit closer. It's sort of like a cross between the A and the B, I believe, in that we do have a fourth band, but it is identical to the other mid band. Mm -hmm. So you have you know the same frequencies, but you can obviously now boost and cut uh, two options in the mid register. Also, another thing that is not necessarily true to the original designs is that with the key command, you can go in incremental steps, which you couldn't do in the other one. But we'll get to that later. But well, UA obviously has one. Yes. You mentioned it last yes, week. Yes, they do. They have it in their API Vision channel strip. They also have it as a separate plugin now. So you can just use that 550A wherever you please. Waves also has one. And actually, I yep. should state that the UA version is called the 550A. You don't have to 
rename it or something. So UA is obviously paying for that license to use the name, as does Waves. They also have yeah. a 550A as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's not necessarily just for the EQ side, but SoftTube have a channel strip, which I think is a little bit closer to the Luna version that you mentioned right. uh, the other episode here, where it is a channel strip, but they call that the American Class A. Good uh, so it's, it has that EQ in there, but it obviously has it has the filters and it has the, the pre's and, and compressors and gates and things like that as well. Right. Antelope Audio has one. and It's just tied to like, their actual hardware, though. It's like a dongle version, right? Yeah, in the same sense as you know, sort of like the same business model as UA, right? right. If you have one of their interface, interfaces, you can use their plugins, essentially. So there are options out there. And there's, you know, even be remiss not to mention, even in Logic, there is a version of the 560. Sure. In addition to that, actually, if you're a guitar player and you're using the Line 6 guitar amp sims from like Podfarm and Helix, they have a preamp EQ available in those softwares that is called the American EQ. Oh, that's right. They they have that in there as well. So I'm assuming, and it's never safe to assume, but I'm going to assume it here now that that's supposed to be the API 550A. Yeah. And whether that's, you know, a spot on version Again, does it really matter? It works very similarly. I'm sure it sounds very much in the ballpark. So right. There you and go. There are a lot of options there. So that, that's great for all of us. And with that, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. We're back. So what are we going to talk about now, Chris, with this API 550? I say let's jump in at the deep end and start talking about the controls here, what we're working with. What are we working so- with? First things first is that... The A version is a three-band mm-hmm. parametric EQ, and each one has seven frequencies to choose from. And it's important here to, to know that it's not you're not sweeping through them like these are the frequencies no, that you get to use. It's and a click, click, click. They have very yeah. definitive spots. It's like if you're on this spot in the low channel, you have 30 or 40 or 50 or 100 or 200 or 300 or 400, those are your choices on your low band. And that's it, Yeah, You're done. And then there, then there's overlaps there too. So it, you can technically kind of work in that sort of like Poltec type of thing where you can kind of boost and cut in very similar areas. Yes. So the mids take over at 200, 400, 600, 800. There's the overlap. And then we have 1.5K, 3K and up to 5K. Right. And then- and you with know, the, the highs, highs, there's a little bit of overlap in there too. We've got the 2.5K, the 5K, the 7K, the 10K, the 12.5K, 12.5, 15K, and a glorious 20K. But do you really need to go past 20K? Probably not. That's a lot of K. It is a lot of K. <laughs> 20,000 of them. So th- there is a lot of flexibility. It would be easy to think that, well, it just got the the locked bands here potentially, but they are very, very musical yes. in the way that they're chosen, obviously. So there is a lot of flexibility with these. And each of these bands then have where you can boost or attenuate up to 12 dB. Right, but they're also stepped as well, and that is five steps. You got mm-hmm. 2 dB, 4 dB, 6 dB, 9 dB, and a maximum of 12 db the one thing that they don't have on this eq 
because they don't have a cue. It is automated cue. Right. And the more you're boosting or attenuating, the sharper it gets at the point. It's so that, not like it keeps the same cue across the entire range. It just kind of slowly points itself out like an arrow in the direction yeah, of what and you're even going. though And even though it's not like super pointy at the extremes, it's sort of, you know, a really important thing because if you're forced to do, let's say that you're, you got 12 dB boost at 7K, you're not just boosting 7K, obviously. You're, you're going to have a massive slope there where you're essentially boosting a whole wide range, <laughs> possibly the low mids and, and all the way up to, you know, who knows where. That's a, so that, right. that is that, a very well, musical feature. Yeah. And they call that proportional cue. Right. Uh, just so yeah. people kind of get a understanding of the terminology on that cue. Now, one yeah. additional thing that happens on the high band and the low band EQ of this mm -hmm. is you can choose between whether it is a shelving or a bell curve type of EQ on those high and lows. And that's a really cool feature because it changes off. If you want just a small little bump somewhere in the high end, keeping it at a bell might be the way to go. But if you want that sort of nice Holtec-like kind of boost, you get that very nice kind of sheen. And of course, yes. if you need to scoop out of there as well. You can be if it's a certain frequencies as right. well. So yeah. in addition to that, they also have the high high pass and low pass filters in the hardware version. Yeah. In the software version, at least for UA, for my familiarity, mm -hmm. that is a separate module. The high pass and low pass filter is a separate module, but on the hardware version, it was actually built in. I think the difference yeah. is, is that in the software, the high and low pass filter is sweepable, whereas in the hardware version, it was set. Yeah, it, it might be in, in certain software. I know in the Slate version, it's not. They're, they're set to those frequencies where it's in the low low frequencies, you're going below 50. Right. And in the highs, it's above 15. So then again, it, it, depending on your software choice or if you have the actual hardware, you'd know that it's you know on or off. Right. So if you're depending on the instrument, if you're want to cut out some subs or you know get rid of some noise, essentially in the in the highs, there it's a it's a nice little tool to have. Yes, it is. So speaking of nice tools to have, what mm -hmm. do you use a five fifty on? I go back and forth between. I'm I'm not necessarily super. Oh, I have to use this EQ, but every once in a while, I have all these tools to my disposal. You know, every once in a while, ah, I'm going to run the API EQ on this mix or this instrument or instrument group or whatever happens to be. As far as material goes, I haven't really come across anything where I found that this is not working. You know? <laughs> it, 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 to me, it just sounds really, really good no matter what I kind of run through it. Sure. So I did, recently I did a thing where I had it on drums. You know, I ran it through the channel emulation of, of my slate rack and then into an API EQ, and it just sounds glorious, you know? That's <laughs> and, a big term, glorious. Yeah, and, and one of the things that sort of strikes me with it, it's, it's very musical, I would say. Mm -hmm. it, it's very musical. It's not like aggressive or harsh in any way. Of course, you could make it sound like that, but you probably have to try really hard but the top end i think sounds really amazing mm -hmm. it, it opens that up without sounding 
shrill or thin or anything. So I had it on a drum kit and I just boosted some at like 10K and it just kind of opens it up without being really harsh. So I use it on a lot of different stuff. What about you? What do you tend to use it on? Like you, I use it on various things. And more often than not, it has more to do with if I'm going to use it, I'm going to use it across the board as if I've got an API console. Yeah. Okay. That being said, my favorite use of the API, and this is not just for the 550, but the API in general, like the whole kit and caboodle, has to do with acoustic guitars. Mm. For whatever reason, to me, the API represents acoustic guitars extremely well. And the 550 does that extremely well as in addition to that. I really dig the 550 on acoustic guitars. Yeah. That's you like, use it on vocals? Oh yeah. On vocals too. But like 550 on acoustic guitars, that's like a go-to right there. So what do you tend to do with the way you're, because you are, I mean, I know your main acoustic that you tend to use is Taylor, yep. right? So mm -hmm. what, what do you tend to do when you're applying this to your acoustic guitars? Any specific moves that are always like your go-to or? Well, I have a preset for a couple of different sounds out of the Taylors that are yeah. set for the API and for the 550 and actually for the whole entire channel strip situation with the input to the filters to the, usually I don't use the gate, but then the compression and then the EQ. So there, I have presets set specifically for it. And I think the biggest reason why I really dig it is because it is extremely good with the attack. To preserve it? You yeah, mean? to preserve or, the or, attack and get that really nice, punchy front end to an acoustic guitar hit. And hmm. for the by the same token, it works really great on drums for the same thing. When you're driving the EQ, like you can really push, push it hard to really get some character out of certain sounds. So, and, and it's, it's it, like I said, go-to for acoustic guitars for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's, you know, you're kind of echoing my sentiment here. Like it's it's hard to kind of make it sound bad on stuff. Oh, I don't agree I with think. that. I mean, <laughs> really? Well, I think you can I, I, certainly use certain things to push it way too hard and then, then it's not crunching right or whatever. But it it is difficult to say the least, but it's not impossible. Well, let me rephrase my statement then. It's hard to make it sound bad if you're trying to make it sound good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah, so, yeah I'm going to roll off all the top end and I'm going to just crank the mids and roll off the bottom. Yeah, it's going to sound like garbage, but that's your own fault. It's got nothing to do with the gear. Yes. So, I've used the most on drums. I did a project about a year ago where I used it pretty much exclusively, I think, on, on every track. Yeah on every, yeah, on the whole album where it was one of those things. I was okay, well, it was supposed to be a little bit of a throwback type of a sound. Yes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try to do this. And I think it was relatively new to me at the time as well. So it, it was a good opportunity to kind of learn it. That actually, stating it. what you just stated yeah. for listeners that are listening, it is a really good idea to take a mix not something that you're doing for a client on a deadline because you're trying to learn the particular 
functionality of the hardware or software that you're using. But take a mix on your off time and treat your DAW like a console and put it across all your channels. That will teach yeah. you how that EQ or how that compressor or how that whatever works real quick. That's a, yeah. that's a good side note right there. Just do that. And since we're talking about the API 550 today, use the API yeah. 550 across an right. entire it, mix it, and, and see I, how it sounds. Here I suppose sounds. I should clarify there as well. Is I, I didn't use this client's mix as a way to just, oh, I've never used this at all, but I hadn't used it extensively. Of course, I right. knew how it worked, but it was a good opportunity to really, really get under the hood and use it on, on a complete mix. But yeah, th that idea that you're, you're saying that, that is a great thing. And also when we're dealing with, like, there's a little bit of a side note here, but when we're dealing with emulations of hardware mm -hmm. and perhaps even channel strip settings and things of that nature. If you have the opportunity to, to place them in the same position in your DAW over an entire mix and then bypassing that, that's a good way to kind of learn of what it is that that's importing of the character or everything that you have there as well. And if you yep. have another console or if you have like an SSL EQ or whatever your favorite EQ is, it's going to go back and forth. Yes, yeah, it, it, so that, that's a good tip, Jody. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to kind of do that. All right, um, and with that, why don't we jump on to our Friday finds? Okay, kind of quick <laughs> epi today, but uh, th that's why today I'm going to do one of those things. It's like I, it wasn't necessarily a discovery, mm -hmm. but I now own it. Yes, and it is Decapitator from <gasps> Sound Toys. Mm. Yeah. I've had my eye on it forever, and if you're following our social media feed, the, you know that they had a sale on it, and I was like, okay, th this is too good to pass up. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great. It is really great. You can use it very, very subtly, or you can destroy whatever you're putting through it. <laughs> so it, it, and how much have you destroyed in the past little bit since you picked it up? I've actually I've been very I've been a very good boy and used it responsibly, but <laughs> I did try. I did the old thing where when I try stuff, I tend to put them on drum kits because mm -hmm. it has the, the sort of like the whole spectrum of frequencies there. And boy, that was a lot of fun. Sweet. And there's there's a punish knob on it when it kicks <laughs> everything up, and it's yeah, it just you know sounds like you're. Slaughtering camels, as we used to say in Sweden. Um, slaughtering no, it's camels. Really good. Yeah, that was that was the idea for somebody having like really bad guitar distortion. Gotcha. Sounds like you're slaughtering camels, man. <laughs> um, so there, yeah, put that on the t-shirt. No, so my 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 find is Decapitator from Sound Toys. Um, it sounds glorious, and uh, I do like it. What about you? I am taking a slightly different route today, and that is CSAC is currently offering 35% off tickets for the It's Your Money Financial Literacy Summit, which is coming up on May 25th and 26th. So this is like highly topical. If you're listening to this past the 25th and 26th, I apologize. However, this is hosted by the Music Business Association. And it is a virtual event that covers how artists and songwriters and creatives in the music industry can secure their financial future with wealth management to dealing with banks 
and how to build the right financial team. And who in the music industry can't benefit from that? And you can get your tickets 35% off this week. Cool. Yeah, truer words have not been spoken. So <laughs> the very, you know, challenging times, obviously, here with, and musicians, i making a blanket statement, yes. but are generally not very savvy with the financial end of things. Mm -hmm. So this sounds like a great opportunity to, to learn a lot of stuff about how to manage careers and investments and contracts and this, that, and all the other things that make this business run, right? Sure does. And with that, while we've got your attention, we'd like to ask you to go to the website and leave us a review at insidetherecordingstudio.com forward slash review. Of course, there's a little link on the menu. You can use that to make it easier on yourself. You can also go to that same website and sign up for our mailing list with which you will get a nice little gift of some presets from Chris and I. You'll also get weekly reminders about the Tuesday tips that happen and we'll make sure that you don't miss any future episodes of the podcast. If you would like to send us an email at goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at insidetherecordingstudio.com with the word, or actually the number, 550 in the subject, you'll get something back in your inbox. It'll make you feel like a star. And if you have a topic of suggestion for us to explain in a future episode, contact Chris and I at the website on the contact form that we have, and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. And with that, I'm going to say, see you next week. See you, Jody. <laughs>